Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hi ho neighbor. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, friends. How are you? I love how I ask that like they can answer. I'm like, I'm doing okay. Thank you for asking, Ashley. <laughs> so we have, I don't want to call it a great show. We have a very informative show. It is going to be great because Ashley and I are fantastic, obviously. And humble. However, this is not a fun thing. And it's an unfortunate thing that we are forced to talk about. Today, we are going to talk about gun control and our children's safety. We have Eton Webster from Moms Demand action who's going to be filling us in because if you listen last week we went on a mom rant and although productive in it helping us vocalize our frustration and our feelings it really doesn't do a whole lot to affect change so right. we're going to talk to him and he's going to give us some information and hopefully we can start seeing some things change around here and if there's anything that Ashley and I have learned throughout the pandemic and the terrible state of the world it's that if there's like actionable things you can do it feels better so, so much better. So that's what we're going to serve up for you today. But as always, we have hashtag swag bag. But up next, take it away, kid. Kids and shit. Would you like to go first? Sure. My tits are that I listen to our show and we're funny. That's true. <laughs> no, I'm just going to say because everybody knows I'm a braggadocio. Anyway, Ashley and I have been hustling separately for 40, almost 40 years. I know. And together for like the last three, almost four. 2019, so three. Every time we take like a big meeting or we have a big guest on or whatever, Ashley and I talk about this all the time. It's like we see ourselves through other people people's eyes. And in doing so, it allows us to get out of our like imposter syndrome feelings. Agreed. So that's my tits. It's really nice to feel accomplished. Yeah. (laughs) And rightfully so. Yes. Not like, oh, I'm so great. You know, we're not doing the let's post on Instagram so people believe things. And we didn't step into it accidentally. We have worked and scraped as hard as we possibly could. Like no fingernails left from all the clothes. No, nothing left. Yeah. And so I'm just really proud of us. And then Also, my other tip, my first teaching kids job ended on Friday, and I got to see them perform a full-scale Macbeth, aside from the scenes. It was really good. I'm just really impressed. The students and the teachers that I taught under have really encouraged me to continue to teach. They're like, you really have a gift and a way with the kids. Like I mentioned on the show before, it really has given me kind of a sense of purpose. Not that it necessarily will be a full-time thing. But I definitely want to look for more opportunities like this because... You enjoy it. It's fulfilling. You know, leading up to this week, this weekend or whatever you want to call it, was just kind of me taking stock and being like, okay, all right, I'm doing well. And I can feel good about doing well. And obviously we never rest on our laurels for more than like 24 hours because that's how we are. But I'm just going to take a moment. And instead of just constantly moving to the next thing, I just want to take a moment and acknowledge like just all the things. That's my tits. It's particularly strange right now because it almost feels like the world is burning down around us and we're still standing. Yeah. I mean, I gotta tell you at this point, there's almost like a little bit of guilt even feeling good about things and talking about things going well. And I'm torn as to whether we should feel that way or not or whether we should talk about those things. We can hold multitudes. I always say this. Yeah. We can hold a multitude of emotions, especially as mothers, but everybody can. And so it's okay to be happy during a sad time. It's okay to be sad during 
having a happy time. Yeah. Acknowledging all the myriad of feelings and emotions that can occur is a healthy way instead of just washing everything under one feeling. Yeah, you're right. That's the yoga teacher Carrie talking. I like yoga teacher Carrie. I need her in my life. You know, I have to tell you, although I'm not a yoga aficionado or even an athletic person in any way, having you in my life is nice. It's like having my own personal guru. <laughs> Oh boy. Did I say that right? <laughs> Guru. Guru. Yes. Guru. Here I am. <laughs> The shits are, I love Lee's dad, but he wants to eat out and drink all the time. My kind of guy. He is just like, let's order the most amount of surf and turf that ever <laughs> was available to anyone. Put it on my card and let's just enjoy life. And, you know, his wife just passed and we're trying to show him a good time. Right. But it coincided with when I'm doing this 30-day vegan, vegan situation. <laughs> so for a while, I was like, oh, it's okay, I'll come to dinner and I'll watch you guys eat. And then he got really mad about that because like any loving Jewish person, he's like, yes. eat, eat, yes. eat, what are you doing, you know? So it's been tricky and I've been falling off the Sakura wagon. Which mostly hurts because of how expensive it is. Yeah, I'm still eating those meals. Nothing's okay. going to waste. Let's call a spade a spade. Okay. I might be eating them two days past when they recommend I eat them, but that shit is fresh. It's fine. It's a suggestion. It's a suggestion. I know that the diet made me feel good because I was doing it really purely before Lee's dad came and railroaded everything. But right now it's a mixed bag because on the weekend and sometimes during the week, I've been being forced to eat expensive surf and turf and cocktails. And oh, I feel so bad for you. And my body's feeling a little bit like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> That's the shits is that literally my body has the shits and it's like, what are you doing? You're like going into a meat and cheese coma and the rest of the days it's all lettuce. So. God, I would love a meat and cheese coma. Ugh. Well, that's pretty good. I literally had like cheese sweats. Mmm. I love that feeling. <laughs> well, I hate it, but it means I ate yummy cheese and you know I how I like, feel about oh, cheese. I oh, I have the cheese sweats. My tits are, I had a truly wonderful weekend. You know, I feel like we're in the summer now where like every weekend there are plans or we're somewhere else or, you know, something's going on. And this weekend it was just me and the boys. We got to work on our fence. I have to tell you, we painted it black. We ran out of paint, but we got through most of the side fence. It looks so good. It hides a plethora of sins. Just like black clothing. Yes, 100%. And that was my whole thought was like, black clothing works. Why can't black on a fence work? Right. It's coming together. And I'm very excited to finally be able to like sit in my backyard and enjoy my space. Love it. And I made a beautiful, beautiful dinner last night. I made like a wonderful grilled steak with a Romanesco sauce. Ooh. A hot herbed potato salad without mayonnaise and a tomato and burrata salad. It was really... Girl, that sounds delish. Yeah, Matt and I drank through a bottle of white wine. You know, it was really... We were living our best lives this yes. weekend. And it was really, really nice. My shits are... I mean, other than the obvious, I don't think I have any right now. I feel like I am vortexing in all ways yes. of my life. I have not found money which is what usually happens in a true vortex. You find some money on the ground. You have not found money yet. 
Matt keeps joking that I'm the breadwinner now, which we know is not the truth. I hope that is the case soon yes, enough because that would too. do something for my self-worth and self-esteem that I have been working in in therapy. I don't know. That's that's it. I have one more tit. Okay. Love another tit. Prince Louis. Oh my God. His tantrum. His tantrum is just everything. It's so good. And my favorite is like, obviously these are royals, right? Yeah. They're supposed to present as poised and together and stuff. I hate it for her because I would hate being her in that moment. But I loved watching this little. He's like really snotty. I love it. Yeah, he's so over it. That hand on the nose thing that he did. like That's like a cartoon. You only see like boarding school British children with socks up to their knees do shit like that. He like slaps his mom's face and she like grabs his hand. And also they compared it to Shit's Creek. Did you see it? No. And then Dan Levy commented and was like, this is the best. <laughs> and then he posted comments by celebs. He was like, exactly. It's oh, amazing. But anyway, that it. just gave me life. I was like, okay, we're not alone. Everyone is the same. Can't even keep your shit together at the coronation or whatever it is. It's a jubilee. A jubilee. Did you see that little video that they did at the beginning with the queen and Paddington Bear? Yes. Really, I do not care about the royals. And I definitely don't care about Paddington Bear. But I was like, this is so sweet. This is like such a touching little thing. You guys should Google it if you haven't seen it. So this is actually a cute story. My stepmom, when she first started dating my dad, um, you know, my dad didn't want to like introduce her to me. I was like right. two or three. But then when it was like serious and they were living together and he was like introducing me because it was his weekend to this woman who was living with him who is now my stepmom. And she bought me at the time the same size as me. Like I was like Luna's age, a Paddington Bear doll. And she was like, come on upstairs. Somebody's here to see you. And I went to the top of the stairs and there was Paddington Bear. She said that I looked at her and I said, thank you. And then I proceeded to completely undress Paddington Bear and put all his clothes on me. So I like wore his boots, his jacket, his hat, and like just stripped down naked and then mostly just wore his clothes. I was like, thanks for this mannequin with these clothes. <laughs> I have like a soft spot for Paddington Bear because it's like how I met my stepmom. Oh, that's cute. I mean, Paddington 2 is universally renowned as like an incredible film. I have not seen it because British. I haven't seen it either. I guess I'll have to watch. I think 2 specifically, not even the first one, is supposed to be like a fucking amazing movie. Oh, looks like I know what we're watching tonight. Yeah. Anyway, there you have it, guys. And now, after talking about such joyful things, we're going to move into a more serious matter. Stay tuned. If you're a parent, you are undoubtedly pretty scared for your children's safety right now. We've all heard the statistics, and one of them is that there have been more mass shootings in this year alone than there have been days. And since this seems to only be an issue in the United States... Wait a second, say that again, because I don't think people really understand that. There have been more mass shootings in this year than there have been days in the year. This year, yes. I just really wanted to unpack that and drive that home. I get it. Uh, So what can we as parents and as people, as citizens of the United States do to fix this? Here on behalf of Moms Demand Action, part of Everytown for Gun Safety, is Aton Stern Weber. Welcome, Aton. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. This is obviously something that's really been bothering us. Anyone who listened to our episode last week heard us have about a four-minute rant where we just went on and 
it wasn't effective. It felt good to rant, but it wasn't effective. So we want to give our listeners a plan of attack. So let's start at the beginning. And can you kind of go over what is even going on right now? Yeah, there is absolutely no question that things are nowhere near the way they should be in terms of gun violence in America. It's an intersectional issue that has a lot of contributing factors. Part of it is obviously the extremely easy access to guns that we have in most states. And in most states, you don't need any training. You don't need a license. You don't need to pass a background check. But I'd say the largest factor in why we are where we are is our legislators' failure to act. The gun lobby's influence is certainly not what it used to be before Parkland, but their contribution to politicians have made it so that legislators are willing to ignore their own constituents in order to continue receiving those contributions. Like, for example, the gun lobby and anti-gun sense politicians say they represent the interests of gun owners and they fight legislation like background checks and all gun sales. But about 82% of gun owners support background checks on all gun sales, including 72% of the NRA. So that's why Moms Demand Action is so avid about electing gun sense candidates, because it's often impossible to sway any politician that's already in the gun lobby's pocket. Ashley and I have worked with Moms Demand Action prior and on our other show that we were on, and Ashley is also now working with Moms Demand Action. But please tell us what you guys do, Moms Demand Action and every town. What are you guys working to do? What is your mission? We have two main objectives. First is obviously to end gun violence, and the second is to support survivors. And we'll get to that in a second. Two of the three branches of Moms Demand Action are dedicated solely to the action of ending gun violence. One branch is when we promote truly common sense gun laws that we know make us safer. We support legislators who are going to help pass those laws. And when we see people who aren't willing to make this country safer through those laws, we replace them sometimes even with our own volunteers. The second branch is the Be Smart program, which focuses on public education about gun safety. We talk about things like if you're a gun owner, simply understand that that's a real responsibility and it comes with owning a gun and to safely secure and store your guns and ammo is your responsibility. Or let's say your child is going to play at a friend's house. People ask things like, do they have a peanut allergy? Is there anything around that would be a problem? Or do you have a swimming pool? Because those are risks to children. Well, the thing is that the leading cause of death for children in the U.S. is guns. So doesn't it also make sense that someone would ask, do you have a gun in the house? Is it secured? Just simple things like that. But getting back to the other objective, we support victims and survivors of gun violence. The Everytown Survivor Network is an unbelievable resource. If you or anyone you know is a survivor, please check it out. The thing is that you can't tell someone, I know what you're going through if they're a survivor, if you're not also a survivor. So we connect survivors, we listen to their stories, we honor them, and we honor the people that gun violence has taken from them. The part of Moms Demand Action that I've been working with or that I'm tasked with working with is the Be Smart campaign. And I remember when I first had my call with the heads of the Hudson County chapter and they explained it to me and I was just kind of amazed and a little embarrassed that I never even thought of that as a parent. That for me, the idea of my child having a play date, I would ask any kind of crazy whatever, peanut butter, pools, dogs, cats, allergies, situation 
conditions, but I would have never thought to say, do you have a gun in the house and is it stored correctly? And making that part of just the general checklist. I mean, I ask when a person's coming over to my house if they're gluten intolerant. Yes, yeah. Like, and I'm not asking about guns. Yeah, I'm like, are exactly. you gluten intolerant? Do you have a dairy allergy? <laughs> How do you take your coffee? And I'm not asking about guns. Like, exactly. Hello. Exactly. I'm sorry, you might poop your pants, but let's not talk about guns. <laughs> right, right. Guns are hush hush. We don't want to talk about that because that could really offend somebody or scare right. somebody. And honestly, when it comes to your child, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't. If, if that's a, somebody who's going to get offended by a question like that, then the truth is, then maybe I don't want my child at your house. Right. You know, we have sex offender websites. There's all kinds of things you look into. That should be one of them. With everything that's been going on, all of these shootings that we have had, what can we as parents and even just as human beings do? Because obviously you're not a mother. Are you a father, Aitan? I am not. So you are just a guy who's part of Moms Demand Action. And I point that out for our listeners. For anyone who may not be a mom or may not be a parent at all, you can get involved in these organizations as well. So what can common folk like us do to make change happen? Carrie and I are desperate and scared and we don't we don't know what to do. No, I, I completely get that. The feeling of helplessness is very real and pervasive. To address what you were talking about before, yeah, I'm not a mother, obviously. I'm not a parent. We have everyone in the organization. It's just all genders, all races, all backgrounds, all ages. It's just everyone knows this is something they should work on. And so anyone who comes, we have now 7 million people roughly who have come to say this is a problem we're not going to ignore anymore. It's an incredible organization. But when you're asking me things that parents and people can do, of course, the first thing I'm going to say is join Mobs Man Action. It's incredibly simple. Literally, all you have to do is take out your phone and text the word READY to 64433. That's it. And they'll give you information. From there, you can be as involved as you want to be. And I promise, no matter what your skill set, passion, or what availability you have, there is something you can do to help fight gun violence. You mentioned the Be Smart program. Go to besmartforkids.org. And that outlines some really simple things. As I said, with power comes responsibility. And a gun is a tremendous amount of power. And if a person chooses to exercise their Second Amendment rights, then great. We just simply want to make sure that like other rights, they're exercised responsibly. I want this big clarification for everybody who's listening. Moms Demand Action is not trying to take your Second Amendment rights away. There is no talk within the organization about taking guns away. It is simply about implementing legislators and laws that would protect people, common sense gun laws, correct? Absolutely. If you are a legal gun owner, no one is taking your gun. We have Republicans and Democrats. We have NRA members in Moms Demand Action. First of all, most people don't understand that people being in the NRA most of the time is just a way to get discounts on guns. But as we discussed, the NRA's leadership is very different from the NRA members. Yes. You know, people demonize NRA members in this way because they have these free notions that we need to disband. At the end of the day, if you're being responsible, nothing is going to happen to you. No one's taking anything. 
Thank you for clarifying. Some things that we have discussed on that rant, some of the things, you know, the buzzwords, the buzz questions, whatever it is. One is, should we arm teachers? And the second is, is this a mental health issue? Now, in my opinion, it doesn't matter whether it's a mental health issue or not. Like, there's also a mental health issue. So In every other country. But can you speak a little bit to those two sort of things about gun control, which is, should we arm teachers? And is this a mental health issue? Sure. Okay, so in terms of, is it a mental health issue? Clearly it's not. Here's the thing. We have two and a half times as much gun violence as any other high-income country. So unless you're saying America has two and a half times as many dangerously mentally ill people, then, I mean, I know things can get a little crazy here sometimes, but it's not the mental health that's the issue. Clearly there's something different here, and that is the extremely easy access to guns. Now that having been said, this is an intersectional issue, and we do need to recognize the fact that two-thirds of firearm deaths are suicides. But in terms of people who attempt suicide and fail, a great deal of them never try again. Many people are still alive today because they weren't successful in that first attempt. And guns are 140 times more likely to yield a fatal suicide attempt than any other method. So if guns weren't so prevalent and easily accessed, a whole lot of people would still be with us. Of course, we need to do a better job of providing access and destigmatizing mental health care, but to say it's a mental health issue simply doesn't reflect reality. And what about arming teachers? Yeah, absolutely not. First off, isn't the teacher's job hard enough as is? They're underpaid and overworked and are responsible for helping shape our children's minds. Now, People are saying they would rather force teachers into also being bodyguards than to actually address the issue. Like, take Uvalde, for example. The shooter had posted about wanting to shoot up an elementary school. He had a history of violent behavior, and his own grandmother had begged him to get rid of his gun a few days before the shooting. Now, if there had been background checks on all gun sales, this wouldn't have happened. If there had been red flag laws, this wouldn't have happened no one would have died. But let's say, hypothetically, the teachers were armed. First off, they'd be in their classrooms, so they wouldn't have even known something was happening until the gunman started firing. So children could have died in those moments. Then let's say this teacher was an absolute perfect shot and took out the shooter as soon as they saw him. We're ignoring how difficult it is to aim accurately when you have adrenaline pumping, and we're ignoring the likelihood that others would get hit with the straight bullets, and we're ignoring the fact that even with a perfect shot, bullets often go through people and hit what's behind them. So in terms of defending a school by arming teachers, this is the absolute best scenario. People are still dying, guns are still going off in schools, and children are still being traumatized. So, no, for very, very obvious reasons, we should not arm teachers. Not to mention that teachers are human beings also, and if mental health is such a crisis that that's really the issue and it's not guns, is it really a good idea to give more people guns who are watching your children? It doesn't make sense. It is nonsensical. Not only that, but honestly, like anything we've learned, teachers were already underpaid and overworked, and then the COVID situation and everything everything that they've had to do, 
extra that is not necessarily in their job description and is keeping them from their full attention to their the children in their classroom. I mean, it's just, it's preposterous. And it also means that these teachers will have to be the ones stepping into the gunfire. Right. Let's give them more things that they have to put themselves on the line. It's yeah, it makes no sense. Uh, I can just tell you my personal observations. Uh, People give a lot of reasons why they don't like gun safety legislation. For some people, it's it's gun culture. If you go into almost any shooting range or gun shop, you'll see something about how gun rights and our freedoms are under attack. So just to start off, if you decide to exercise your Second Amendment right to bear arms, you're going to be exposed to anti-gun sense attitudes. Another thing people will say is that it's an attack on the Constitution, which simply isn't true. All of our rights come with the caveat of not harming others as you exercise those rights. We have the right to free speech, but we can't yell fire in a crowded theater. We have the right to free press, but we can't commit slander or... As I said free pets, I was like, I love free pets! I want the right to a free pet! I love pets! The new America, yes. But yeah, we have the right to free press, but you can't commit slander or libel. Like, it's the same with the Second Amendment. Right. When something is severely damaging public safety, we have the right to legislate. The fact is that we're going to become a country of common sense gun laws. The only question is if we need to first become a country of victims and survivors before that happens. How do you recommend that we talk to loved ones who are not in the same belief system as us as far as gun reform goes? And by loved ones, we mean anyone you care to actually have to have this argument with because there are plenty of people that you just don't care to. Exactly. I was going to say one of the first steps is triage. Like if someone says to you, someone you care about says to you what someone on Twitter once said to me, which was, you just want to take our guns away so you can shoot us with them. It's safe to say that's not going to be a productive conversation. No. If you're going to talk, starting with this, and it is probably the hardest part of all of this, don't yell. Don't raise your voice. It is a hugely deep-rooted, passionate issue for us, and that means we tend to heat up pretty quickly, especially if they start to heat up quickly. But... Remember that in the history of the world, no one's mind has ever been changed by someone screaming, what the hell's the matter with you? It doesn't work. You're only deepening the divide. I've tried. It wasn't good. (laughs) The next thing I would do is try to disband some pre-notions that people have. People hear gun control and they just have this whole litany of ideas that come to their head about what it is that we are and want to do and whatever. No one is punishing legal, responsible gun owners. We're not trying to take their guns. You can be a gun owner and a Republican and still think we should be doing more to protect each other. And at the end of the day, it's not about being right. It's about getting the best results. So keep your cool, state the facts, and listen. Then I would say you should ask them, why do you oppose this sort of stuff? If they had some of those pre-notions that I talked about before and are surprised to hear that there are members of the NRA that are actually fighting for safer gun laws, give them a little information, tell them about the Be Smart program. That's probably the least partisan political thing that you can give them because most gun owners are responsible gun owners. And if they hear someone isn't locking up their guns or anything like that, they would be shamed in that community because it's like, that's not the way things are done. So you can introduce the idea. I can tell you right now, you're not going to convince them in one conversation, period. Helping someone understand all this is a multi-step process. So you want to focus on just planting that 
first seed. Every person that we've ever talked to with Moms Demand Action is so wonderful, and I wish that we were meeting them on a circumstance that was not horrible. So thank you so much for taking your time. Absolutely. I mean, look, I hope there's a day where Moms Demand Action doesn't need to exist. I would love that. Yeah. But in the meantime, we're doing what we can. We would too. And again, for anybody who is a gun owner, you are welcome to join these organizations. You're welcome to get involved. This is not just for people who are completely anti-gun. And I think people need to know that because I didn't know that. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I I keep wanting to say it's been a pleasure. And I guess in a way it has, but also not. (laughs) Absolutely. And thank you both for helping shine a light on all of this. Just the more we talk about it, the more people do about it. So thank you. Thank you. Hashtag swag bag. Okay, so by the time this episode comes out, you know, we record a little bit in advance. It will be right before Juneteenth, which everyone is trying to actually formally recognize. I'm embarrassed to say I didn't even know what Juneteenth was until BLM last year. And I went to a very liberal private school, and I don't think I was ever taught what that was. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's the concern. That's what a lot of people feel. Yeah. Yeah. So we were sent these two books by Abrams that are are not really for us. They're more for our children, but I have found them very educational. The first is called Your Legacy, A Bold Reclaiming of Our Enslaved History. It's a picture book by Broadway director Shelley Williams. I hope I didn't butcher that pronunciation, but I believe it's Shelley. The book begins in Africa before 1619, and it presents an accessible introduction to African-American history for children. So it's really a great way to teach your children about this history and even teach ourselves a little bit about what went into African-American history. We all need to educate ourselves. That way we can be better advocates and allies and our children can be better advocates and allies. It's an important thing that the grown-ups need to do as well as the kids. Absolutely. Like, we all need to be better informed on these things because really that's the only way we're going to truly be equal and truly support each other. The book really celebrates the African-American history, their accomplishments, acknowledges sacrifices. It's a great story. It's got four-star reviews, and it was named a Kirkus Best Books of the Year. And the author of the book, Shelley Williams, is a Broadway director. She's currently directing the upcoming revivals of Aida and The Wiz, which is pretty huge. Oh my God, I uh, love she, The Wiz. I can't I wait do to too. see that one. I love it. I do too. It's so good. And she is on the board of trustees for Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. You know, this is a woman who's committed her life to really educating people and supporting. And, you know, you can tell that when you read the book. It's really beautiful. It's a great way to teach younger children about African-American history. Hey, guys, true story. I was in The Wiz at Resorts Casino Hotel when I was three years old, and I played Munchkin number two. I eased on down the road. I didn't even know Resorts was around then. Yes, but anyway. well, it was the 80s, my friend. The second book that we were sent is called The Overground Railroad, The Young Adult Adaptation. I have not read this book. It's definitely for kids that are a little bit bigger than Sebastian and Luna are. So it's the YA edition of a cultural documentarian Candace Taylor's book that she wrote for adults, The Overground Railroad. It's the premier overview of the green book, The Guide for Black Travelers, not the film. The adaptation includes Taylor's photographs, archives, 
archival photographs, interviews with people who owned and used facilities. So it's really fascinating. I think it's great for kids that are a little bit older, and that is $22.99. So check these books out. What are those books, like How to Not Be Racist, How to, you know what those books, what I'm talking about? Oh, A Little Book on Racism. I believe it's called A Book on Racism. I've read it a couple of times to Sebastian. We read it to him when he was really young. I'm a firm believer in children's books. I love them. I still have some that I had as a collection and then gave to Sebastian. And when he gets too old for them, I'm just going to take them back for myself. I think that a lot of life's lessons and a lot of things can be learned from kids' books. So I'm really glad that there's something out there that makes these lessons accessible for our children in a way that they weren't for us. So check both the books out and they are linked in our show notes. All right, guys. Well, I hope that you take this episode and take all this content and let it empower you to make good decisions that help ease maybe some of your anxiety because we're hoping it we do that too, that it works for us too. And as always, we are here for you. If there's anything that you're working through in your own mind because of what we've presented to you today or you just need a support system, you can email us always hello at momtrashpodcast.com. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, Milf, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.